0: Well, that was one thing they did. They kind of looked like they were trying to force that. They, they followed the camera around with Hugh Jackson, who, if you don't know who that is, is the running backs coach for the Bengals. He's the former offensive coordinator and for the Raiders, former head coach for the Raiders. Uh, he's been around the league for a long time. They even pointed that out. And they kind of showed him going around being that kind of character last night, or I guess Tuesday night when it debuted, and showing that kind of character. But it's interesting to watch because, one, it's the Bengals. And if anybody's grew up in this area, under the age of 25, the Bengals have always been just a running joke. And, yes, they've been better the last couple of, days, the last couple of years. They've been in the playoffs for the last four years. But this is a team that hasn't been a, a playoff win since, what, 91? Since they ruined ended Bo Jackson's career with a hip injury? I mean, or actually, they lost that game, I believe, and then the Raiders, yes. They lost that game, the Raiders got beat by the Bills 51-3 to in the next week. But, nonetheless, this is a team that, I tell you, when you watch this team, this is a good Bengals team, and I, I've got friends that are Bengals fans who've talked to me, and I, every year they tell me, oh, this is the year that we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And I kind of humor them. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. It's Mike Brown. The guy's got the mailman's eyes. I mean, there's no way that's Paul Brown's son. There's no way that, and that Paul Brown, who one of the most the geniuses of football, could, could spawn someone so ignorant in the sport. And he's made some, obviously, bad choices. Marvin Lewis is a good choice. Any Shula as your head coach is a bad one. And this team, though, coming off last year's loss to the Texans, this is a team that's made improvements. That I'll tell you right now, I mean, I'll go out and say it. This is, they're going to win their division. They're going to win a playoff game. And they're going to compete with the Patriots and other teams and then making a Super Bowl run. This is a team that I have no shock. I would, be not, I would not be shocked one bit if this team is in the AFC championship game next year. Now, maybe I expect Matt Dennison to come running in here and sniff me now after making comments like that, thinking I'm doing something wrong. But I'm being dead serious. And it starts with the rookie drafts they brought in, and they focused a lot of that on the, on the hard knocks last night with the, the running back from North Carolina, G, uh, Bernard, who I think, by the way, is a great sleeper pick if you're in fantasy drafts. Don't reach to him. Don't reach too far for him, people, because Ben, Dar- the law firm Jarvis Green Ellis, will get some carries. But this is a guy I think that's going to, by the end of the season, will be the starting. Reminds me a lot of like of a Ray Rice type mold. Very small, very good out of the backfield catching the ball. The one concern I have of him getting playing time will be in terms of picking up uh, blitzes in the third down situations and in goal lines, because Ellis, the law firm, is a very good a big-body guy who doesn't fumble the ball very often. I think he's had one fumble, I think, his entire career and is obviously more likely to get a lot of your touchdown touch touches in the red zone top five inside the five-yard line. So that'll be still some fantasy numbers from you. But I love this kid, and not to mention, as much as I do, I love the tight end they took in the first round. I bashed him when they made the move, but after watching him play last night, and then just a little highlights, and then it is highlights, I tell you what, him and Grissom is a combination as tight ends. Everybody talked about last year's tight end combination of the Patriots. I'm loving this type of – and neither of these guys have any intentions of going to prison anytime soon. So the, the bingos, if you're watching Hard Knocks, take it out. I think, I think this year's going to be good. It's better than last year's Dolphins. I'm sorry, Renshaw, I said that, but you know what? You agreed to me last year, last year's Dolphins. Hard Knocks was awful. I wish they'd get an Eagles one, but I doubt that'll ever happen. Maybe a better chance now. With Andy Reid was there, you would never have seen it. He would never have confirmed that. But hopefully now in the future we'll get one coming up here very soon. Before we switch over and talk a little IU with Jeff Rabjohns at uh, com in the next segment, i got to bring this up. This is something else a little out of if you haven't seen this yet. UK fans, you know, I don't want to come off sounding like a homer because I am a Louisville fan. But Kentucky fans... May have steal the cake when it comes to god awful videos on YouTube. Louisville fans have their share. There's some bad ones level out there. Don't get me wrong, Louisville fans, you've done some some poor some poor video attempts too that you think might be cool, and you just may come out making yourself look like a total tool. There there are the ones out there for Louisville. And I'm sure every school has them. But the other day, this came out, and I know I forget his name now. I think it's like Joe Schrader. Or something it's an old guy puts out this video of a song on YouTube singing his love for Big Blue Nation. And if you haven't heard this yet, I'm going to I want to get to play. It's only about 2 minutes long. I'm going to let uh, Zebo play this for a second. This might be the greatest thing I've seen since Lazy Tuesday. This is I mean, the video, you have to the content itself is is hysterical and by, it's, by itself. But you have to watch the video. Cuz while you're hearing this, I want you to just picture like an 80-year-old man sitting in some shorts that would probably be worn by your gym teacher, I law 1975, sitting in a scene that looks like he's in front of a Cracker Barrel. It looks like he's sitting in one of those chairs that you would see, kind of the old guy waiting to get his seat at the Cracker Barrel so he can get his chicken tenderloin and hash brown casserole. Playing some checkers. Playing some checkers, yeah. Just hanging out, drinking a uh, drinking a root beer, cream soda. And he did a song, and supposedly the backstory is now that he wrote this song for a woman he was, I guess, courting, which is disturbing in itself because the guy is probably, I mean, he, he looks like something Uncle Fester pooped out.
1: But given his age, I think that is the appropriate term. Is courting? courting? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't
0: think there could be any uh, uh, quarter to the, I don't think any uh, relationship is going to go past holding hands or watching right. Matlock and having dinner at 6 o'clock. I, I can't imagine but here's the video what's it called what's the official title of this song actually called other than God awful
1: um I I bleed bleed
0: big blue or something
1: I love big blue something something out of state out of you know out in the statey out of
0: statey here's the video if you have not seen it yet again you can look it up it's on all the, the message boards you can go to you know KSR's you can go to any other websites and you can find it but here's the audio of I bleed big blue the best video since lazy Tuesday
2: freeze at a present sometimes they fade away i try to say i love you but you don't care today something i want to tell you oh it happened just a year ago when big blue who was true blue and number eight was one on that floor oh i'm a big blue fan in the morning oh i'm a big blue fan today I bleed big blue and I love you Oh, I'm a big blue fan today Oh, I'm a big blue fan in the morning Oh, I'm a big blue fan today I bleed big blue and I love you Oh, I'm a big blue fan today My family thinks I'm crazy Brother Richard and nephew too They can't understand about a heart that bleeds big blue you can't take the memories and throw them just away. What happens on April night is like it was today. Oh, I'm a Big Blue fan in the morning. Oh, I'm a Big Blue fan today. I bleed Big Blue and I love you. Oh, I'm a Big Blue fan today. Oh, I'm a Big Blue fan in the morning. Oh, I'm a Big Blue fan today i bleed big blue and i love you oh i'm a big blue fan today i look out the window i can't hide the scene i saw of the good old days in lexington town when the basketball would fall i see anthony davis jones and miller too they were in a class all by themselves most of them We're eighteen too. Oh I'm a big blue fan in the morning. Oh I'm a big blue fan today. I bleed big blue and I love you. Oh I'm a big blue fan today. Oh I'm a big blue fan in the morning. Oh I'm a big blue fan today. I bleed big blue and I love you. Oh I'm a big blue fan today. I bleed big blue and I love you. Oh, I'm a big blue
0: fan today. Uh, that is just awfully awesome. If I could, uh, the, the lyrics in that song, I mean, Nicki Minaj could only be so lucky to have lyrics that well written.
1: John Lennon would be so lucky to write lyrics. I that mean, well.
0: Paul McCartney needs to get this guy on the phone right now and be like, "Listen, I'm, I'm, I, you, you're writing my next Wings album right now." That is great, and again, if you look at the video, just an old guy just sitting in a rocking chair wearing some old shorts that you saw the coach from Dazed and Confused wearing when he's trying to tell Pink to sign his uh, agreement paper.
1: Pretty much motionless. Motion
0: doesn't move at all. No. I wonder. The, I wonder if it worked. I, I wonder if the woman like went out with him because of the song.
1: I and, mean, she would have to, wouldn't you, if somebody wrote you a song that beautiful? <laughs>
0: I mean, and if she did, if she was willing to give herself to a gentleman who did that. I wonder if she has like a great granddaughter that's in my age range that I could like ask out. Cause that, 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 she obviously isn't, I might have a chance with her then.
1: Well, you got to come as hard as that at least. Oh, I don't know if I know could. You know what I mean? I don't know if I could. That's, that's the bar. You got to get over it. <laughs> that's
0: that's uh, we take a break, come back, talk to Jeff dot biggs.com, getting some IU talk. Uh, I know he doesn't bleed big blue, but I'm sure he could probably sing just as well. Cause he's like 18 and two. Uh, we gotta take a break, but we'll be right back. Afternoon draft, 1450 Sports Bus.
2: If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in Far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's fly. Oh, I'm a big blue fan in the morning Oh, I'm a big blue fan today I bleed big blue and I love you Oh, I'm a big blue fan today Oh, I'm a big blue fan in the morning Oh, I'm a big blue fan today I bleed big blue and I love you Oh, I'm a big blue fan today my family thinks
0: I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, you can never get, get enough her of the ble- Bleeding Big Blues to <laughs> <laughs> come back, but we got to switch off the Big Blue and swing right over to the Oxmoor-Fortling and Buzzline talk to my man who got everything covered in IU, JeffRabjohnsPeaks.com. Jeff, how was Vegas, by the way?
3: You know, it's, it's, it's a crazy experience. Uh, as far as the basketball recruiting goes, because uh, all my friends are like, oh, man, you must have had a blast. <laughs> and the truth is I'm such a dork, and there's so much work to do. I find a little hotel off the strip, and it's fly-in, and I actually flew in and went to a gym before I even went to to a hotel or anything. Um, and it's games from 8 a.m. to about 11 p.m. But the great thing is you get to see so many of the top guys in person, and you get to see them as much as we travel in person a number of times. So you really get a sense of what can they do, what can't they do, how do they play when they're tired, uh, how do they play when their team's down, how do they defend when their shot's not falling, all those little things. You get a real sense of uh, what a player can and can't do.
0: Dan, yeah, you can be honest with us. Did you gamble at all, though?
3: I didn't. Didn't, didn't, play, uh, yeah, I so, didn't. Are you not
0: a gambling guy? Did you play a little blackjack? Put a quarter and no, a No, I, I, I got
3: no problem with Vegas <laughs> and all that. It's just I, I get so busy, and then I just get so unbelievably worn out because yeah. you know you're watching games from eight to eight a.m. to about eleven, and then you try to go back to your hotel and at least get a couple things written for the next day, and uh, and then all of a sudden you know it's really late, and some of those some of those gymnasiums are you know twenty, twenty five, thirty minutes from where you're staying, so you're talking about you know a reasonably early wake up call to get going. So I didn't. uh I didn't get a chance to do anything. A couple of years ago, I did get a chance to walk through the polka room at the Bellagio. Nice. And uh, that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, that's one of those places you've seen, or at least I thought that was the place I'd seen in movies. I thought, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go walk through. And I didn't realize there are some areas in the Bellagio where unless you actually have the chips, you can't even walk in those rooms. Really? There was, there was one poker room, and apparently it was for more of the high-dollar people. And of all the things in this world I am, a high-dollar gambler ain't one of them. <laughs> and uh, the the very large gentleman there at the door kindly reminded me that uh, you needed a certain uh, dollar number in chips to walk in. And I was like, huh.
0: I would never I get into that tourists,
3: room. So I'm going to stand here and take a peek. And he's like, I'm going to give you 10 seconds and then you got to move on. I was like, "All right, righty then. I'll be walking along.
0: <laughs> like to grab JohnsBeings.com. Of course, I was out in Vegas like, a couple weeks ago for the to 64. The one thing, I, first thing I learned in my first trip to Vegas, I asked how to get somewhere. You mentioned the, the long drive back to the hotel and the traffic it is in Vegas. And. I was walking, and a guy said, oh, it's just like three or four blocks down the road. And I thought, okay, I'll just walk through. Did not realize it takes about, I don't know, 20 minutes, especially in the the humidity heat of Vegas, to walk one block. And I, Jeff, uh, if you've ever met me, I'm 6'3", about 350, being on a generous scale. Not walking in the heat's not exactly my forte or doing things. Just picture Oliver Miller trying to walk through Vegas. At that at that, at that, heat. That would be kind of like a white version. That would be me. Just picture him white. And that's that's what you get.
3: Gotcha. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it does get, it's crazy. So most people are like, oh, well, you know, we don't have to deal with humidity out here. It's 114 <laughs> degrees. I don't care if you got humidity or not. It's 114. And uh, I, I made the mistake the first time I went out there of not really checking the rental car. And I got one that had black interior. Ooh. It, it, it did not cool down. You can run the air conditioner for 20, 30 minutes driving from one place to another, and it did not actually cool down. It's just a whole different level. It was crazy.
0: Well, let's switch to speaking of hot news uh, Vegas hot weather, hot news coming out last night. The Indy Star reporting that Louisville and IU will finally get to meet again. In their first meeting since 2003 in Freedom Hall when Louisville just bombarded IU in the second half for 60 points to pull away and a nice big win. Louisville somewhat kind of shaded away from it last night. Kenny Kline, SID here Louisville, said, oh, no, it's premature to say this. But Patino reports today telling C.L. Brown, the Courier Journal, that it is going to happen on December 9th in New York City for the Jimmy V. Classic. Can we confirm it officially? Are, will Louisville and IU finally get to meet for the first time in a decade again?
3: Well, a source of mine at ESPN told me uh, that the game is scheduled, um, that he did say that, T V, meaning them, ESPN <laughs> of course. contracts who comes, then they can decide who plays who. Uh so ESPN does have Indian and Louisville under contract to play in the Jimmy V Classic. The current schedule calls for the two to meet, uh, but T V meaning ESPN, which owns the uh the rights to the event uh and actually handles the contracts, uh they do reserve the right to make an adjustment. I don't see why in the world they would. Uh, you know, that, that that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, but, yeah, ESPN does have contracts with Indiana and Louisville to play in the V Classic. And, and one thing that's different about some of those events, uh, most of the time when teams are going to play, they have contracts with each other. For example, say Indiana and Louisville were going to play um, at, at Conseco or something. Mm. They would have contracts with each other. With these kind of events, Indiana has a contract with ESPN. Louisville has a contract with ESPN. ESPN decides you know, win those two play and, and that kind of thing. So that's the only nuance as far as the technical aspect of how these events run.
0: If this game does go well and 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 Patino, Patino seem to have a good time doing it, can this lead, do you think, hopefully in the near future of a contract being signed where these two teams can meet on a year-by-year basis?
3: You know, I think there's the potential for that. Um, and the main thing about that is it would have to be a TV-driven deal meaning TV would have to come in uh, with a certain amount of money because both those schools likely uh, would be giving up a home game if you're talking about a neutral site. Mm -hmm. Or if they go back and forth, obviously every other year, one of the two is giving up a home game. And with those two schools and the revenue they produce from home games, you would have to have TV come in with some money to make up for that. Um, I do think that's possible. I know uh, Rick Pitino and Tom Crean like the idea of playing each other they like the idea of having a really, uh, you know, kind of a marquee game that, that involves teams here in the Midwest. So, and, and I know that they, they've talked about it. I, mean, I remember talking to Rick Pitino uh, two years ago at the NCAA tournament out, out in Portland about that. And, and he said, that you know, he said, hey, Tom's got it back. You know, he's going to keep it back, meaning Tom Green with Indiana. Yeah. And, you know, whenever, whenever they decide, you know, that they're to the point in their scheduling that it works out, we'd love to do it. So I know the door's definitely open. I know there's been dialogue between the two coaches. Uh, but I think to make that happen during the regular season, you're talking TV money being a factor.
0: Talking to Jeff dot com, And I know that obviously uh, – the T, the location issue was one of the, if not only, issue that kind of separated the Kentucky and IU rivalry. Would it have to be neutral uh, neutral sites for these two to probably have a future other than TV, or w- would they be willing, would Cream be willing to come to Yum if Patino's willing to come to Bloomington?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think there, there's there's a lot of options that are open there. And I think Indiana would be very, very open the, to the idea of, of a home-at-home. Um, you know, in, Indiana likes the idea of on campus college basketball games. Yeah. And I think um you know, obviously the the environment in Bloomington is one of those you think of when you think of college basketball. Louisville has a terrific atmosphere with the Yum Center. Uh, you know, technically okay, it's not really on campus, but it's their on camp it's their <laughs> campus arena. It's, it's where they play <laughs> their games. You know, it, it is where Louisville plays its games. We're not talking about neutral site. I, I think Indiana would be Open to discussing uh, something like that in the future.
0: Switching gears, says Dr. Jeff Radjohnpeaks Football season right on the corner, and it's been a while since IU fans, I think, have been this excited for football season coming up. I, I think Bill Mallory might have been on the sidelines last time I saw. Who's your fans this hyped about the upcoming year? Quarterback Cameron Kaufman had a pretty solid year last year. Obviously, IU's offense was on on all cylinders through most of the year. Throwing for just under three thousand yards, fifteen TDs but did they have 11 interceptions, including seven of those in the last three games, which led to the kind of slide at the end. Can he take that next step on the field for this Kevin Wilson squad to get them into a bowl game?
3: Well, that, that's going to be one of the key questions uh, that they're going to have to sort out through camp because right now they haven't even decided on the starting quarterback. And I think, as, as most people know, Trey Roberson yeah. was, was the starter last year, got hurt early, uh, Cam Kaufman. Cam Kaufman had to come in and he threw the ball well. They moved the ball well. Uh, they, they did pretty good scoring. Uh, they were fourth in the conference in scoring at 30.8 points per game. That's really good. They average 442 yards per game. Those are good numbers. Um, but I, I get the sense Trey Roberson is, is really making a push. Um, if not to be the starter, to at least be a guy who gets some time on the field. And Certainly, Trey Roberson is a guy who is a, a dual-threat quarterback. He can make plays with his legs. Cam Kaufman and, and Nate Sudfeld, the other option of quarterback, those, those are more traditional passer types. In um, Indiana, certainly under offensive coordinator Seth Luttrell and Kevin Wilson, they want to be able to throw the ball, um, but they also like the idea of what Trey Roberson can bring to the college game, especially you start to get down in the red zone. Um, You know, a guy who can run it and throw it uh, can can create some problems for the defense. Um, I'm not ready to pencil Cam Kaufman in as Indiana's starting quarterback just yet.
0: Of course, IU fans, if if you don't remember Randall L., the Hoosiers are never uh, shy to having a dual threat quarterback behind center. Something else IU has kind of done well producing, least seems like at least over the last couple of years, is getting out big wide receivers. And when I say big, I mean big. When you look at James Hardy and Tandon Doss, who are currently. In the NFL this year, Kevin Wilson has a pair of big wide receivers as well, uh, Cody Lattimore and, Co- and is it Kofi Hughes. Did I pronounce that name by by the way.
3: You are that's all correct. right. Kofi Hughes, <laughs> how
0: good can these two be? I mean, you're talking six three and six two receivers who really kind of stepped up and had good seasons last year. Where are they in terms of progressing into this next year?
3: Well, I think they're having a really good camp and they, and they had a really good summer. And I think uh, those are two of the anchors, probably the two main anchors. Of uh, what, what's going to be one of the better receiving cores, the Big Ten. You've got Cody Latimer and Kofi Hughes, kind of as the headliners. Uh, Deweese Wilson is, is basically like a starter with as many plays as he gets. Uh, he's another guy he can really make some plays. You've got the short, fast guy in Shane Win, kind of kind of a speedy guy out there to put in the slot. Uh, you've got a guy playing tight end in Ted Bolzer. Uh, who's Who's a big athletic guy who could make plays make catches? they want Ted to become a little better blocker uh but he's certainly a factor in the passing game so you you' really I mean you're looking at five guys right off the bat who have played and made plays and made catches in addition to maybe some younger guys who are coming along but when you've got five guys uh, at that level at receiver. And you've got an offense geared to throw the ball. Uh, you know, those are five guys who are really going to be able to make some plays, move the ball down the field. I think it's going to be a really good receiving core. I think it's certainly one of the strengths of IU's team. And
0: I, I would be hard to disagree with you. Talking to Jeff Red peaks.com. Just a couple more questions. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. I'd love to get more into football, but I can't. I can't avoid not talking some basketball recruiting with you. Two names that have really come up recently. Obviously, the first being the Ballard product, Quentin Snyder. Ever since he, de- he decommitted or reopened his recruiting, so to speak, Kareem was right on the phone with him. Where do you place IU at this moment in somewhat, it seems like the pecking order of possible homes for Quentin Snyder?
3: Well, I would put Indiana as, as in the mix. Um, you know, there are some other schools that jumped in with offers right off the bat. Um, and Indiana wasn't one of those. Indiana wants to talk to Quentin Snyder, kind of wants to uh, get him on campus and see where things are at. Um, so I would say Indiana is in the mix. Uh, I get the sense from talking to uh, Quentin Snyder's dad the other day uh, that he likes the idea of possibly you know, staying somewhere close, uh, not going too far away. And I know the one thing that the Snyders really like about Indiana is the strength and conditioning program and the player development program. Uh, because Quentin Snyder's a very good talent, uh, but he is pretty slight, um, listed right around one hundred and fifty maybe one hundred and fifty five he 's going to have to add a little weight, and the Snyder family really noticed what Indiana did with Yogi Farrell, yeah. another guy who in high school was very fast, very good with the ball, but perhaps a little slight, and Yogi gained a considerable uh, weight and, and, and strength and structure to to a smaller stature uh, pretty quickly. Uh, so that's one of the things that the Snyders are really intrigued about when it comes to Indiana.
0: Talking to Jeff Radjohns, Pigs.com, you go always, of course, part of the Rivals family. Great place to find all your up-to-date information. And the last question for you is an article I just re- you wrote just recently, I was reading earlier today, was Tom Crean has his eyes. Speaking of 2014 guards, Robert Johnson, 6'3", Virginia native, number 84 overall, will be making a trip to Bloomington later on this month. What can you tell me and who's your fans about this kid?
3: Well, the really interesting thing about Robert Johnson, is he's kind of one of those true combo guards. Uh, he's a very good scorer. He averaged 20 points a game at the Peach Jam, facing high-level competition at that event, obviously. Uh, but he can also play with the ball in his hands, can make plays with the ball in his hands. So he's kind of a combo guard. He is ranked 84th right now. Uh, that, that's really still based upon what he did last year. He's a guy who certainly is going to move up uh, based upon how he played a little bit in July. He was good in July, but I would say he's one of those guys who really kind of blew up. I'm sorry, he was good in April, but he really yeah. kind of blew up in July. Uh, he uh, He's recently got an offer from North Carolina. is going to be a factor there. Uh, but he's certainly a guy to keep an eye on with his, his skills, uh, to be able to handle the ball, to be able to shoot the ball, to be able to play combo kind of guard. Uh, his Indiana visit will be August 24th. He's also a guy who, when you watch him play, Uh, is a guy who I would say pays attention to defense. Some guys can't play defense. Some guys gamble for steals in the backcourt. And then there are other guys I would say that pay attention to defense. He tries to understand where he's supposed to be. He does a pretty good job for a young guy of playing off the ball. Um, So he's a guy who uh, is very high on Indiana's list right now. Indiana's really high on his mind, and the visit's coming up on August 24th.
0: Jeff, always always a pleasure having you on com. Make sure you go and check that out all the time. I even got a membership, Jeff, because of you so I can read all your in-depth stuff because you got tired of me blowing up your phone. I would text Jeff like every other day asking him <laughs> questions. He was like, dude, listen, just go get the account at Pigs," And I was like, you're right, okay, you're right. And then well worth the money even for a little fan like myself. would love talking to you down the road. Next time you go to Vegas, Jeff, I'll take you out there with you and we'll do it right.
3: You know what? We'll put it, we'll pack an extra day on the back end of that. That sounds like a good idea.
0: <laughs> we may never make it home, man. We may never make <laughs> home. Jeff Rapp, John Speaks, let's go. I'll talk to you down the road, my friend. Take care, brother. All right. We're going to get out of to break, come back one more segment. Of course, in the second hour, my main parent, Johnson will be joining me when we return here on the Afternoon Drive.
2: How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black.
0: Did I leave my TV on? Now, these are things that slip your mind. When one eats out of a garbage can, no matter how much time in life has passed, those memories seem to stick in your mind. Unless you're a homeless guy and avoiding Terrence Jones, and you, you do it every day.
1: M- I mean, maybe like another situation like that where it was in a bag. But no, I've never. So full no, on, no, there's I've, no. There's I've, no there's I've, I've never. Full there's no backpedaling here, Brandon. <laughs> I've never full on George Costanza. There's no
0: backpedaling you know. here. You've clearly eaten out of the garden. Now you have roommates. Have you eaten your roommates' garbage? Out- have you eaten your roommates' leftover food out of the garbage?
1: Uh, okay, I don't see how leftover food is garbage.
0: A bag of chips in the garbage is leftover. No. It is the old okay. premise of the word.
1: Okay, well, the, you can eat leftovers. If, if, they're, the in a, if they're in
0: the fridge.
1: Who made that rule?
0: Society. Common sense. Personal hygiene. I mean, these, these are things that you avoid when you eat out of a garbage can.
1: It wasn't like the chips were just strewn about the garbage, and I picked. Would that have one stopped you? Uh, yeah,
0: definitely. What definitely. if it was like a candy bar? and It was like half a candy bar in the wrapper. Would you have eaten it? Now see what part? Okay, the fact you have to think about that <laughs> is just sad in itself.
1: What part is in the trash? Is the open part or the closed part?
0: Does it matter?
1: Yeah, like was the candy bar torn or bitten?
0: It wasn't. Does it, does it have to? What if it's in the? Okay, it's in the wrapper. Okay. It's not, be, no, it's, it's in the rat Yates has broken off half the candy bar, to your knowledge. He could have just bitten it off, but for your knowledge, mm. and what you're telling yourself in the head to make yourself feel better about it, it was broken off. But it wasn't in the top. It's halfway down the bottom. I mean, have you dug in the trash looking no, for no, food? No, 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 no. It has to be in the it visible is, yeah, eyesight? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, No, no, no. It has to be on the top layer. It has to be on the canopy layer. <laughs> it has to be on the top layer. Yeah, the, the canopy of the trees. Yeah, that's where it has to be.
0: Does this count for soda? Do you like drink? No. I've thrown away half sodas in there, too. No, because I mean,
1: see, that's, that's lips. And again, you know, I'm not, I'm not with the lips and the teeth and all that. Hot <sighs> fries are an individualized item in a bag. That's my point.
0: <laughs> oh, the best part about this is after he did this... He walks up to me, and there's a restaurant on the corner from us, a barbecue place, which is pretty decent food. And he goes, hey, uh, have you ever been to uh, I, don't, I don't know, I guess I'll give a free plug. Have you ever been to Famous Marvin's? And he's like, I wonder if it's any good. And I looked at him was like, you just ate hot fries out of the trash. Does it matter if it's any good? You got to. Are do... you asking me if they have good food on their menu or if they have a dumpster behind their restaurant? What's the, what's the curious question?
1: You got to do what you got to do to survive, man. You know? Oh, Lord.
0: These, 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 these are th- These, these are the re- reasons why I have gray hairs at work. I swear. We gotta take a break. Come back. Talk to Perrin Johnson. Maybe he might have some leftover Dairy Queen in his car that can we can feed Brandon the intern. I don't know. Nonetheless, we come back. Hour number two. Afternoon drive. Fourteen fifty. The sports buzz.
4: It's time for the afternoon drive.
5: Welcome back to the afternoon drive. Me, my man Trevor Kelsey. Trevor, Trevor has really upgraded his wear right now. He's actually wearing pants for once and a polo. I am absolutely blown away. <laughs> okay, first of all, I
0: wear pants on a regular basis. You shorts. don't wear pants.
5: You wear basketball <laughs> shorts.
0: You, you, bro. Pic- <laughs> you, you, you picture the
5: stories if I sit around here in like my underwear. And Trevor, no shirt on. Trevor has more <laughs> more mesh basketball shorts than LeBron James does in his closet right now. I
0: do. I am wearing, yes, I am looking uh, slick. I didn't have court today. I just, well, I don't know, I like dressing up in, uh, and the pose. I actually look like the responsible adult to parent opposed to you, Perry, now you look like you stole my outfit over here.
5: No, Trevor. I, and Trevor, I can, I can wear a V-neck as a basketball shorts, and I would still not look like what you oh, look like in your man. outfit. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend the V-neck with the
0: chest hair, buddy. But uh, that's no here nor there. Waits no more time. Says the, guy who's, who's, says the guy whose haircut runs into to his back. Yes, very yeah. much so. So I got my haircut. Uh, someone who uh, can pull off a V-neck. Let's go to the Oxbow before they get buzzed. I my made my favorite Eagles rider, Michael Bradley. Michael, how you doing, buddy? What's happening? Uh, Just living the dream, my friend. Living the dream. Uh, Real quick, let's get let's get the Eagles out of the way because I'm I'm doing a coat. My coach is a Cowboy fan, so we know how those people are.
5: (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm a very very reserved (laughs) one at that. And let's get some Eagles. Are you from Texas? No, 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 I'm not.
6: But you're still a Cowboys
0: fan.
5: Yes. <laughs> that's,
6: that's ridiculous. <laughs> hey,
5: Trevor likes the Toronto Blue Jays, and he was born and raised in Kentucky. Can I get a break? <laughs> yeah, but
6: there's no, yeah, it doesn't matter. The Cowboys, people join to the Cowboys because they're good. That's
5: hey, I hard. was with the Cowboys when Quincy Carter was snoring his life away. Come on now. <laughs> yeah,
6: but where, when did you start with the Cowboys?
5: Back in when Pasadena when I was about... I'd say back in the day when they went to the Super Bowl in Pasadena, it was like 94, 95? Yeah, the Bills, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah back yeah, then.
6: Super Bowl. Right, so that, that front
5: runner, horrible. Ed Terry. <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Bradley, who's your team, man? He's an Eagles guy. So Eagles, Philly Flyers. Well, are Sixers. you born and raised in Philly? Yes! Okay. Oh, Well, you know, the Raiders came and left. They were like, you know, the step-headed, uh, the stepfather that I never had. They came into my life and left me, you know, so. Oh,
6: well, you know, that'll happen.
5: Uh, yeah. The Al best,
6: Davis will do that to you. The best, <laughs> the
5: best part of this interview right now is when Michael said, bad
0: parent, bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I want that as a drop. Let's talk some Eagles real quick. Chip Kelly, uh, first game Friday against the Patriots. Michael, uh, starter is whoever takes the first snap is irrelevant because both quarterbacks – Supposedly, we'll go with the first team, but it seems that since the pads have come on, Vic has kind of been a front runner for that job. Is that safe to say that it will be Michael Vick's job now to lose?
6: Yeah, it's his job to lose, but he hasn't done anything really to win it. I mean, <laughs> he, he is he's the guy who is, they want to run, win the job, but he hasn't been able to distance himself. So, uh, you know, they would – he hasn't done anything to distance himself. And yeah, Nick Foles hasn't done anything to take the job from him. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like do something already.
0: One one uh, storyline, obviously, players dropping left and right for Philadelphia with ACL tears. Uh, ben mm-hmm. goes down now, another second receiver that the Eagles will lose. But one receiver that hasn't been lost to injury but has gotten himself in enough trouble at the Kenny Chesney concert, Riley Cooper. By the way, Chip Kelly, welcome to the NFL. If you didn't cheat at Oregon, he may have just bounced right back. If he had the opportunity, how has Riley Cooper, since returning from his Paula Deen tolerance seminar, been accepted amongst the team? And if it's, has it been at least blown over to this point?
6: He has been accepted to a point. Some people are saying, hey, you know, uh, he's he's back. He's our teammate. We're going to you know play with him. And that's fine. I don't think anybody's going to be going hanging out with him. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about it is is that while he did the sensitivity training thing and while he did the, uh, you know, I know that I can't use these bad words thing, he hasn't been any alcohol uh, counseling. And that seems to be the problem because I don't think he's going to be saying that kind of stuff if going to load loaded up at the Kenny Cheesy concert. So he's got to do a little bit of that, too. But right now, it's about football. They're going to play a game tomorrow night. Then they're going to react to the game from tomorrow night. And they'll have another game. And, and I think unless it turns out that we find out mid-season that the whole team hated him, uh, I think this thing is, is on its way out.
0: Is this just one of those instances, we talked to Michael Bradley here in Philadelphia, that he's just one touchdown or one nice first down reception away from being forgiven by the fans?
6: The fans, look, you know how have fans. are. fans yeah. don't care so long as you're performing. So for so long as you're winning. So, if you are winning and 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 he contributes to that then people aren't going to care. It's the same sort of thing with Michael Vick. When Michael Vick came back, half the fans were saying, "We can't have this guy. He's a he's a dog killer. He's a horrible human being." And then in 2009 he's playing well and everybody's saying, "Well, you know, maybe he's not that bad. Uh a guy, he's rehabilitated." So to me, if, if I'm the Eagles, I'm making sure Riley Cooper is going to speak to kids at schools. He's he's showing up at tolerance uh, forums and everything he can. To, to, to show that he is trying to change as much to help the team. Because, you know, there's people out there saying, why the heck did they suspend this guy for a couple games, in, in, you know, along with finding him?
5: Talking to Michael Bradley in Philadelphia. You think, you think they'll send him to the schools on the west side of Philly? <laughs> well,
6: yeah, you know, I tell you, the west side, north side, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. In Philadelphia, you, you don't have to go too far to find somebody who's going to be upset with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's a, you know, this is a town that has a very mixed population. And, you know, it's as like, again, it's sort of like he's a, he's a jerk, but he's our jerk. So if he wins games for you, then everybody can say, okay, he may be a jerk, but he caught a touchdown pass. So I don't have to have dinner with him. I don't have my kids, you know, my daughter's not going to date him. So, you know, who cares? Let's just uh, see if he can win games.
0: Would you have released him, Michael?
6: I would not have released him. I would have suspended him for two games. I would have suspended him for and said, "You're going to be fined. You're going to be suspended, and you're you're going to be um, uh, and you're going to be somebody that gets out in the community." There's a movie I, I don't know if you guys ever saw it called Soul Man about the white kid who tries to get into uh, law school pretending that he's an African American. You're talking about Thomas Howell, right? Yeah, he finds out at the end. They find out at the end that he's been you know he's been uh, faking, and so James Earl Jones says, "Well," and he says. Here's what I'm gonna do, and here's what I'm gonna do, and here's what I'm gonna do, and he finally says, "And I want to be a lawyer." So it's, it's like give him, make him do a lot of stuff, but he should have missed a couple games.
0: The best part of movies when they the the uh, the, the guys at the Harvard pick him and pick up basketball, and he just dribbling yeah, right. off exactly. his foot. <laughs> <laughs> the stereotype they think, yeah, because he's black, he can play basketball. And he's just dribbling off his foot and dribbling himself in the crotch and so forth throughout the movie. Exactly, uh, great eighties exactly. flicks.
5: Yes, yeah, so a lot has been said right now. Uh, Wes Welker apparently is more emotional than we thought he was. Apparently, he Seriously? said Bill Belichick was not was not a, a nice guy. In so many words, basically he said to him. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? You know, this seems to be. Can the Patriots overcome any of this to win the AFC East? Well, with with well, who
6: cares about, I mean, this doesn't matter one bit because Wes Welker doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. But you know, is this a news flash that Bill Belichick has a rough side to him? <laughs> <laughs> you know. You gotta be kidding me! What? So now, next, we're gonna find out that Rex Ryan yells at people. I mean, is that is that way? I, I, I don't get it. And, and and the funny thing about it is, Wes Welker's career was made when he was with the Patriots. And last year, with this uh, speed up offense that they did, he was able to catch more passes than ever before because with Brady trying to get rid of the ball faster, oftentimes it was, "Hey, there's Wes. He's open. I'm gonna throw it to him." So. He's upset because he got dressed down in front of his teammates.
0: Here's an idea, pal. Don't make the mistake. Yes, <laughs> Michael Bradley. You
6: know, you
0: <laughs> Michael. Stay on the little NFL. The kind of uh, why are you still whining about something? Greg Jennings comes out recently, claims he was brainwashed while in, while in Green Bay to uh, to look down on other teams. This is the whining of a uh, a little brat or serious concern that maybe he. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs>
6: What do, you, what do you think happened? If this is a scene from Clockwork Orange where they take little Alex and <laughs> keep his eyes open to make him watch all the violence so that he can get cured of the ultraviolence, or get nauseous every time he sees it. So he was tied down in a movie theater and made to watch uh, films of Lombardi and Curly Lambeau and Johnny Blood McNally and you know Don Hudson. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous.
0: Draco uh, Bradley. Uh, obviously the leading story of this last couple week's Michael has been Johnny Manziel. The autograph scandal, so to speak, that's kind of bumped Cooper and, and Aaron Hernandez off the headlines, at least for a brief couple days, but we'll be back right away again, I'm sure, soon. Your thoughts on the whole autograph scandal? Should Manziel be, at least if you're A&M, do you let him play and take the chance of maybe getting a season vacated, if that really is a threat, or do you wow. uh, just sit back and get, go concerned and put him on suspension?
6: Now you don't suspend him because I mean unless, here's the thing unless A and M does its own investigation and finds out yeah he took the money and it might be easier for A and M to find out for sure than for the NC two A if they find out then they got to suspend them. so but, but otherwise if I'm Mandel, I sit down across the table from the NC two A people and say look I'm going to tell you anything you have no subpoena power you have no way to be able to get my bank records or the bank records of the guy who allegedly paid me or anybody. So as long as, you know, if I'm Mandel's people, I'm getting in touch with that guy saying, hey, you want to have first year, you uh, you know, completely uh, exclusive rights to his memorabilia once he goes to the NFL? Well, shut your damn mouth. So that's what could happen. If I'm Texas A&M, I don't worry about things being vacated. Because let me tell you, Michigan, I went to Michigan, Michigan's Final Four was vacated from the Fab (laughs) Five. I still remember the Final Four with the Fab Five. I don't want to remember timeouts and the second half against Duke the first time, but I don't think, oh God, that never happened. Please.
5: <laughs> Talking to Michael Bradley of Philadelphia. Mike, I got a question for you, man. Who is going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets when the season comes? Obviously,
6: it's going the- to be it's going to be Sanchez. It's, Geno Smith isn't ready, and and he showed up a little bit out of shape. But Sanchez knows the offense. They'd be nuts. This is Rex Ryan's make or break year. If he goes with a rookie who stinks the first three or four games, then he's got to put Sanchez back in. Let's face it, Sanchez's psyche is he's more fragile than Wes Welker's. He makes Wes Welker look like a stoic lumberjack. So I would not <laughs> mess around and, and, and say to Sanchez, we're going we're to put some rookie ahead of you. Sanchez gets the start. If he screws up, then you say we're going to Geno Smith, and we won't care what happens to Sanchez because he's going to be done. But other than that, if you don't start Sanchez, you'll never get anything out of him.
0: Talking Michael Bradley, Michael. I spent earlier in the first segment, and I've done this miles just bashing reality television. I I despise reality television with a passion, especially like the American Idol shows and things like that. But yet, I love the Hard knock series on HBO. Does this make me a hypocrite?
6: No, not at all, because it's not a real. This isn't a reality TV show. It's yes. not like it's the real, real offensive tackles of Cincinnati. And it's funny. My son, my son and I <laughs> were talking about this thing. They, they were, they, you know, the Hard Knocks is a great program. It's tough to watch a kid get cut. That's difficult, but that, that's that's a tough thing. The other thing we're talking about is the other reality shows, like the Real Housewives of Orange County or Atlanta or whatever.
2: Whatever. They, they're
6: primers. We you know what's happening now. They're showing women how to behave badly. Yes. It's almost like these are like how-to films. Oh, I'm supposed to be that nuts? Yes. It's like, come on, ladies, show show yourself. To be a little smarter than that and don't use these women as role
5: models. I'm so glad you said that because when you watch those TV shows like that and Real Housewives of Atlanta, I mean, Love loving Hip Hop Atlanta, you see, because little kids watch MTV and VH1, yeah. and they think that's how they're supposed to act and get all a bunch of get a bunch of tattoos and say ridiculous stuff on Twitter. I told, I told one young man that at a high school basketball camp, I told him, I'm never worried about getting a job as long as I live. He said, why you say that? Yeah. I said, because you kids say the most stupid stuff on Twitter. So when they Google all this stuff to pull up to fi- hire you at the company, you're never going to get hired.
6: <laughs> you, 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 are, you repeat exactly what I say to my kids. I said, I want to work till I'm 80. And the good news is, I'm going to be able to. Because you boneheads are unhireable. <laughs> like they're gonna keep going. I mean, I don't, don't. I don't care whether I walk into the room with a walker. I'm not gonna be stupid. So uh, I, I agree. And and you know, you don't watch reality television. I don't think Hard Knocks is reality television. I think what Hard Knocks is is they're trying to show you what really happens in training camp. Now, do they over dramatize it and do the whole stupid stuff with Ocho crazy last year? Go overboard a little bit? Yeah. But but for the most part, what they're trying to do is show you what real. Foot, you know what really happened is a football team tries to assemble.
0: Andy Reid would have never let it happen in Philadelphia. Would Chip Kelly allow Hard Knocks to come into Philadelphia?
6: Sure. I mean look look at what he put up with in Oregon. Oregon was basically <laughs> the University of Nike for crying out. Loud. <laughs> yeah. Food, phone field, nine hundred different uniform combinations, that stupid duck on the motorcycle, I mean, he'll he'll probably jump right on that.
5: The mascot <laughs> is the
0: check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh. Uh, exactly. Michael, I love the rants of an angry man, but and, and always a pleasure, my I'm friend. I not an angry. I was very
6: happy man.
5: <laughs> you know, I I felt a little I felt, I was kind of scared for a second when you talked about me being a Cowboys fan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well,
6: look, you should be. I mean, <laughs> unless you're from Dallas and that's a problem right there, uh, you you, know, you you can't really support that team. And I mean, how can you support them? They're unsupportable. Good God, false faces, the owner. Come on, Romo's your
5: quarterback. Please. Please hey, oh, please forgive me. Please uh, <laughs> Bad Parent. I bad.
6: <laughs> for, for, forgiveness comes from above, my friend. I just I can't do it. <laughs> Michael,
0: I love talking to you, buddy. We'll catch up with you next week. Take it easy, guys. Uh, oh, that, just that interview though. just the bad parent was the favorite part. I yes. just I mean that's yes, great. Yes, very much so. Oh, uh, we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna catch up. Talk a little media day from Louisville, obviously Vance Bedford on the speaking of someone who drops great lines. Vance Bedford on the mic today. Sean Watson talking to well. from the pulpit up there. Singing a new name. He's no longer James Quick. He's James Fast.
5: Yes. Very he's fast Quick. Very he's, much so. Who just way to fast? We're going to have Steve Remage on from CarnalsportsZone.com when we come back to the.
2: Let's fly, let's fly. If you can use some exotic foods, there's a bar in Far Bombay. Can one guy be I kissed her And she kissed me Like the fella once said Ain't that a kick in the head The room was completely
0: black I hugged her And she hugged her How are you humming? Like the sailor said is it quote? Ain't that, that, that a kick in the head Hole in the boat
5: Oh, the boat side. oh lord, that that's what the awful. sailor said too, that much, was awful. too much hip hop. Okay,
0: I know this didn't come out in 2012, so you probably don't know who this is. <laughs> isn't that, um, isn't
5: that um, Frank Sinatra?
0: Close enough, Dean Martin. Yeah, I,
5: knew I, I you know. You right. know what? I'll take it. I knew I was right. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh, that's all right, close they, all, they all sound the same. <laughs> all, like my mom says, rap music, it all sounds the same. It all sounds the same.
0: Actually, on Twitter, you made me smile a little bit when you you put out a tweet that's saying, mo- you said most. when you she just said all, but most. Of today's music sucks. I yes. thought I'm actually rubbing off in a good way on Baron Johnson.
5: I mean, not all of it sucks. There are some great artists out there, but most of it is terrible.
0: Yes. Mm- yeah, listen to Nicki Minaj, and you'll you'll agree with Nicki me. Nicki Minaj is sucks. good.
5: Nicki Minaj. She sold more records than Sublime. <laughs> oh, she's Randy Watson, good oh, and awful. <laughs> That's there you go. Is. Uh,
0: one person that is good and not awful. Our next guest, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline from the Cardinal Sports Zone. It was a media day today for Vance Bedford and Son Watson talking with some of the media today. Steve Rummage. Steve, how you doing today?
4: What's going on, fellas?
0: Nah, just hanging in here talking a little, little, little Nicki Minaj, little Dean Martin. You know, the usual summer day on a sports
4: radio show. Yeah, when I listen to Nicki Minaj, usually uh, Dean Martin's the next thing I pop in. So <laughs> man, I'm
5: telling you, man, she, he got the remix, you know. He's got the remix to Nicki's tracks, you know. so <laughs> I can see Dean Martin Uh-oh. singing the song
0: Stupid Ho. Yeah, that would be <laughs> hard.
5: Hey, you'd be surprised. He might... He might sing it with. The, he might hold the note a little bit longer than she <laughs> yeah, does. I but get yes.
0: it. Oh, that would be an awesome! I'm thing surprised to say. you
5: knew that Nicki Minaj song. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. Touche.
0: See uh, Frank Sinatra doing super bass. Yes. Oh, look! I dropped the second one. Yes, very uh, much. The so. The only reason I know the love was...
5: goes boom, boom boom, boom, <laughs> boom. Very much so. Oh, Steve, man. we got to <laughs> ask you some things, but um. First of all, Vance Bedford, who sounded like Martin Luther King up at the podium today, (laughs) um, he he, he had a lot of great things to say. But one thing he did make sure that he got across to Louisville fans was besides guys and how they're doing was he wants to make sure 50,000 people are in their seats when kickoff is about to go down.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I was there for the Vance Bedford sermon today, and he he really laid it down. But you could tell – that that's something that you know. I hear, I hear a lot of fans talk about that. About you know, because fans aren't in their seats at the beginning of the game. There's no way to sugarcoat it; it just don't happen. But that really does aggravate. Because it wasn't just Vance Bedford. As the players were there, a lot of the players expressed that it really does aggravate them when they come out hyped up, ready to play, and they see you know however many thousand empty seats. Uh, so this is something, I mean, I think the fan base really needs to take to heart because it's not just fans harping on each other. The players and the coaches take notice of this stuff. And, and I'll even go as far as to say when Charlie was flirting with uh, Tennessee, it worried me because I'm thinking, At Tennessee, you know, schools like Tennessee and you get places like that, I mean, they're going to be fifty, a 100,000 strong no matter if it's Alabama A&T or whatever. So I think the Louisville fans need to respond. But – I will say this. Up until now, since the Sugar Bowl, it looks like the fans have kind of turned it around. and I'm, I'm expecting them to be in the seats this year.
0: Does the Terrace count as a seat? Because if it does, then we should be good to go.
4: No, that, the Terrace was the worst idea in the history <laughs> of the university. Are Bowl. you
5: talking about the party deck? Yeah, the party deck. I call it the party deck. Well, I call yeah. it the Terrace. <laughs> right, whatever. It's, it's a, just a party up there. It's
0: just another place <laughs> where people can hide inside the beer line and not and make it look like on national television and no one showed up.
4: Yes, absolutely. That honestly, that was one of. the – It looks good. It's a great look. But I mean, it, look. I'll be honest with you. If I'm sitting in the last row at the top of the deck and I can walk down to the to the party deck and watch the game from a better view, why wouldn't you? So I mean, I, that that was. You're getting me off on something totally different there. But that was just a that was an awful idea, I think. And I think that's cost us a lot of butts in the seats. But needless to say, they made it. They spent money on it. We're paying for it.
5: So we'll go. <laughs> he said they spent money on it. We're paying for it. So talking to Steve Roman's
0: <laughs> Cardinal Sports Zone here, uh, Oxford, they can buzz line. One thing that uh, Bedford also talked about was obviously the blitzing situation. Said we pressured 34% last season. This season, we pressured in the 45% range. Do you think to see this team doing a lot more pressure, especially coming the fact that you have the, the young linebacker and core that you saw last year with a year under their belt?
4: Absolutely. I I think it's going to be hard. I would venture to say that you may count 100 plays through the whole season that we don't have somebody coming after the quarterback. He has so much depth, and not just depth. I mean, you know, you hear people sometimes, they're like, you hear it a lot in basketball. I say, well, we run 11 deep. Well, you're 8, 9, and 10 couldn't beat me, so that don't really make you deep. Uh, But in this football team, we are so deep, and we're deep with talent. You heard Charlie say four or five times, I mean, he's got four guys at the field corner position right now that are scholarship guys. I mean, I don't know that that's ever happened at Louisville before. And that linebacking core is so young, so athletic, and so talented that I would be shocked if we didn't bring somebody at nearly every time because they're going to fly around, they're going to let them have fun, and that's what linebackers want to do. And they'll play harder for that. So I think you're going to see a lot more blitzing than even we've seen last year
5: absolutely talking to steve rummage of the car the sports zone.com steve keith brown is expected to be out for a while have they let any light into how long that possibly could be for him
4: they no, there has been nothing said it, it went totally under the radar when he went down keith brown went down a little while ago actually uh in in workouts and it was something with the knee and they haven't said much and, and I'll be honest with you, the way they talk when you can you can read a coach's body language and they give the body language of don't expect to see Keith Brown anytime soon. So, I, you know, regardless of what they're saying, I'm not sure how quick he's going to be back. But that's another thing that's great about this. We're so deep, we're so talented, we're so young at that position that we can afford to not hurt a player and set them down, you know, and not rush them back. So I think they'll bring Keith Brown back uh at a timetable that may be slower than normal, but to make sure
5: he's 100%. Uh, ab- absolutely, Uh And uh, what is the status? Obviously, Chucky Williams has been cleared to play. How how much of an impact will he be able to have? Will we uh, will we be able to see anything from him possibly this season, or is it looking like he's going to redshirt? I know he just got cleared by the NC2A. Yeah, uh, Chucky
4: Williams is talented. I mean, he, we're talking a kid that's six foot two and a half, almost six foot three. Uh, he played in the backfield with a kid that's going to be coming into Louisville next year, uh, four-star safety Michael Johnson, who has offers from LSU and everybody else. Uh, but Chucky's going to be a good—he's going to be a good player. I, and I'll be honest with you, I think he's going to get on the field this year. But I was—I was at practice last week to get into that just a little bit. And man, those DBs look good. Uh, Richard Benjamin—he's a freshman. I mean, he—these guys look to the part. That's one thing that we that we've never had. We've never had so many guys that just look the part. I mean, they they look phenomenal. We got big corners and Chucky Williams. I think will add size to that. How much of an impact he'll make this year? I'm not sure, but I would expect to see him on the field this year.
0: Talking to Steve Rummel, Cardinal Sports Zone. Uh, switching over to the offense and offense, of Bedford they even said uh, elegantly, will go slice and dice some people up this year." Sean Watson referred to uh, incoming Trinity freshman, former Trinity. Shamrock and freshman James Quick saying he's now James Fast and how things have come so easy to him. In a, a, a group of receivers that's so deep, how much of an impact can this can James Quick have as a freshman with the upperclassmen that surround him?
4: James Quick can have as much impact as James Quick wants to have. If he, can, if he, I'm telling you, and that that's just this, that's that's a true statement. And the coaches, you can tell when they talk about him, they light up. I said something today on Twitter, you know. You can tell the coaches know this kid's a stud just as much as we expected him that he was going to be, and he's catching on to the playbook fast and and quick. There's one thing about football, you know, you you can teach techniques, you can teach certain things, but there's certain things you just can't teach. When you get the ball in your hands, you do what you do. And James Cook's one of them kids, and I think he's going to have. I, will he have the best season he's going to have? Oh, probably not this year because we are so talented. But I think we could see a six seven hundred yard year out of James Quick this year. I don't think it's that far-fetched. Uh, the kid can find the end zone, so and he's quick enough in traffic. There, there's one thing. When he gets out in the open, he is hard to tackle. And they're going to put him in situations to where they get him out in the open. And I think they're going to put him in situations to succeed, and we're going to get him out there, and we're going to see some special things out of James Quick this year.
0: Talking to Steve Roman, Cardinal Sports Report, Cardinal Sports Zone. It's funny you mentioned that. I'll never forget his his junior year at Trinity. They played Male in the state title game. And uh, Coach Wolf, who was coaching Male, I watched him give the speech to the Male Bulldogs. And I watched him for 15 minutes tell the team that they will run a screen play to James Quick to start the game, told them where to go and tackle him. And he's, <laughs> he's, I mean, and lo and behold, right the first play of that game, it's a screen yep. pass to James Quick. He reverses field and goes eighty something yards for a touchdown. Yep. I never thought I saw a man want to just rip his own head off as I did Chris Wolf that day. Males head coach. I mean, watch it for twenty minutes. He told them every one of them kids what was going to happen, and it did not make a difference to James Quick if they knew what was going to happen.
4: Exactly. When you got a when you got a player that just has it, I'm not sure what it is, but he has it. <laughs> and, and when he when he's got it, he gets the ball in his hands. You can say. Anything you want to say? I don't care if he's a freshman, a sophomore, an eighth grader, a kid. that I mean, he's got world class speed, and this this kid was a few tenths of a second from qualifying for the Olympics. And I think it was the 100 meter, or the 200 meter. So I mean, he has world class speed. I mean, that's just something that you can't teach. And, and I think that we're going to see we're going see a pretty big year out of him. I'm expecting big things from him.
0: Talking to Steve Rumage, Cardinal Sports Zone. One last question for you. Obviously. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater kind of fell into the undertow of the autograph scandal a little bit. Uh, the yesterday, along with of course Braxton Miller and some other players across the country, uh, Louisville coming out and said there's no concern whatsoever. Bridgewater said today that he is no concern. There's no he never took money. Should there be any concern in Louisville fans that there will something come will, will eventually come out of this, or should they just rest their head easily on the pillow of a Heisman year coming up?
4: You know, I'm going to have to take a few notes out of Vance Bedford's sermon here and just say, you know, Teddy's one of them kids. I'm not worried one bit. I'm not worried one second about anything that Teddy Bridgewater does. He really, I mean, the kid, you can tell, even when he's talking, that the things he says. And today, I mean, let me tell you, if you haven't heard his press conference today, you need to listen to it because you know, he's not just a kid, though, that's being coached to say all the right things. You can tell that he's a kid that genuinely means what he's speaking. And, they, they I mean, he was asked the autograph question for it. Actually, he was asked the autograph question so many times that the football SID Rocco, he actually rolled his eyes because you could tell they were getting tired of Teddy having to answer the autograph question. Uh, but but Teddy, Teddy actually, he put out a remark today that was one of the best things I've ever heard a college kid say. You know, they said, does it act – you that you're being you know that people are making money off of your likeness and he said no why would it aggravate me he said you know i'm getting i'm getting education i'm being i'm being paid you know i'm traveling everywhere for free you know i have a free education he said and if i work hard enough at this level then i'll get paid at the next level so why would i worry about being paid now for for a kid a college kid to say because i don't think i could say that so for a college kid to come out and say something like that, I mean, it just shows what kind of character he is. You know, if, if it was some of there, – there is a few athletes on campus, you know, without naming names, that yeah, if their name come up in a scandal, I would probably be worried sick. Teddy
6: Bridgewater is not one of
5: them. Tell those when you get off the air, but I got one, <laughs> yeah. I got, I got one more thing to ask you. Uh, one more – not one more thing to ask you, but one of the funny things I thought that he said today was um, he goes to Olive Garden, it's his favorite place to eat. And uh, uh-huh. when he Bridge goes, awesome. when he goes in there, the people in there say, "You look like that Bridgewater kid." I thought that was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. At least he didn't yeah, wear.
4: Yeah, and Ted, Teddy go. Yeah, yeah. Her parents had some problems there, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but but Teddy he said he'll actually play along with them. He said so. He said he had a guy come up and said, "Hey, you look like that Bridgewater kid." And he said, "You know, I get that all the time." <laughs> he said actually, he said so. I just started putting on L clothes and going with it. He said he talked to the guy for like 10, 15 minutes, and finally uh, the guy's friend come up and said, man, that is Teddy Bridgewater. And he was like, hey, yeah, it is me. I'm just kidding. So, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, he's a good kid, man. He's a class act, and I wouldn't want any other quarterback to represent my team.
0: It could be a lot worse. People come up to me and say, you look like John Candy. I thought you were dead. So, you know, there could be worse things to be considered with. Uh, Steve, you gave me a bet for a quote, so I'll finish this interview with one. You have a nice day. Try the food back there. The jalapenos are excellent. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he killed it.
0: <laughs> uh, drop the mic, Steve. I appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you down the road, buddy. All right, guys, thanks. <laughs> Steve yeah. Robins, Sports. SportsZone. Oh, yeah, Bedford was awesome. I mean, he's, he's yeah. awesome every year. This year, just getting his drop-the-mic-like like, moment. When
5: he comes up there, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Get YouTube <laughs> ready because no, it's not, coming. And <laughs> like the famous words are Ryan Lodick uh, or Ryan Lottick or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He always says that. Uh, mm-hmm. we got to take a
0: break. Come back one more segment. Inside the Breast spots coming up at 5 o'clock. Of course, I'm I mean, going to talk a lot about this today as well. <laughs> When he comes in here in a few minutes. But we got one more segment before that. When we return, Afternoon Drive, 1450, the Sports Buzz. Like the
2: fellow once said, ain't that a kick in the head?
0: Like the sailor said, quote, ain't that a
2: hole in a boat? If, I keep grinning, if this is just
3: a bit, and every time it rains it rains
4: pandas from heaven Shoop be to be don't you know each cloud contains pandas from heaven Shoop be to be you'll find your fortune falling all over town I just want to snap in my suit and tap
5: dance like I'm Gregory Hines listening to this right now. <laughs> nice boy. I love the yeah. reference there.
1: You can do the Charleston to this,
5: can't you? Man, if I had a top hat, I could do it all, man. <laughs> but I got a bad wheel, so I just going to watch
0: somebody do it. Well,
5: that that stop you. Yeah, right. Don't Be let back. anybody
0: tell you a bad wheel is going to stop you from dancing. Yeah, and
5: then I go back to the operating table and then go through the process <laughs> I just went through. Um, Thank you, but no thank you. Bad wheel stops you. Me just being lazy stops me. Uh, Trevor, I want to talk to you about two things that kind of irked me. Uh oh. Gary Patterson, for if you don't know, Trevor, I'm sure you do you do know, but for all the people out there at home that don't know, Gary Patterson is the head coach for the TCU Horned Frogs. TCU, yes. I don't like them for two reasons. One, they left Louisville, and that's why we're playing teams like Eastern Kentucky. And two, I still feel kinda salty about the football schedule. But that's okay. <laughs> I still like my team. I still like the schedule, so I'm not worried about that. But with that being said. It would have been nice to see another top 25 game in, Card- in Papa John Stadium. By the way, largest
0: Christian church in America, too, TCU.
5: Oh, wow. Didn't I know that? Didn't I know that? Oh, learn, see, I learned something every day. <laughs> Gary Patterson jumped Les Miles because Les Miles – He jumped him, like, physically? You know, he he jumped, <laughs> okay. he, he jumped his back, basically. Okay. He, re- he reinstated start running back Jeremy Hill to the team – after the team had a vote, he'll play guilty to misdemeanor simple battery for a sucker punching a man outside a bar in Baton Rouge. Which is He was already on probation for a misdemeanor over a sexual, sexual relationship with a 14-year-old girl while he was in high school. Hmm. So, okay. Now, also, she, he was of age and she was not. Yeah, he was probably 16, I'm assuming. No, he, he was like 17 or 18, I think. So yeah. so now, Gary Patterson suspended star defensive end Devontae Fields for the game against LSU. Didn't my, didn't mince any words responding toward, uh, Les Miles basically saying my whole team will vote Devontae to be back on the team because they want to win. Patterson said, but that doesn't teach life lessons. Patterson added that I'm sure if it was a it was an opponent they had beat by 100 points, the player would have gotten that would have not gotten a vote and not been suspended. Basically, he's saying Les Miles doesn't teach his athletes anything, and that he should suspend his start running back. And you got to give kudos to Patterson. Because he caught out Les Miles. Patterson, you know, walks. he walks the walk by suspending his best players for the game against LSU. Blah, 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 blah. Two things. One, with the exception of Andy Dalton. I think Les Miles does teach yeah, his guys,
2: teach his players how to make a living in yes, the NFL. Yes, yes. That's he one does. thing
0: he teaches them. And second, this
5: is coming from the same coach whose team was basically the number one supplier of marijuana in West oh, Texas. Well, And we will get to that. And that is 17 TCU students, four of them football players, were arrested last year on February 15th during a raid on a Texas Christian's campus Yeah, in yeah. Fort Worth, Texas. Marijuana, cocaine, molly, a powder potent form of ecstasy. If you and four Dallas molly Cowboys is. were all found
0: ecstasy in the room. Ecstasy
5: and pre- prescription drugs, Xanax, hydrocoating, et cetera, et cetera. Were money illicit drugs that police found on students selling to other students on campus and often fraternity houses. That's actually <laughs> half
0: of what they found in Chris Farley's during the day and night and passed away too. So
5: my thing, the thing that kills me about this is, is um, you know, how are you going to sit there and say this when you had guys that were. Distributing wheat throughout West Texas. They were running a drug ring yeah. in, in, in Dallas. Yeah, like Tony Montana was playing middle linebacker him. Then, then you're uh, then their quarterback, I who they reinstated this year. Yes. The guy who replaced Danny Dalton. Yeah, he was suspended for a bulk of last year for one driving drunk and abusing drugs. I don't think driving drunk is
0: even illegal in Texas, is it? I, 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 <laughs> I think it's not only is it not frowned upon, I think it's part
5: of the driving test. So I mean, I hear I hear Gary Patterson because he suspends one player and Les Miles reinstates one. But you have basically the Gambino yes. crime family of football <laughs> in your in your backyard and you got the nerve to call Les Miles out because he reinstates his running back. Patterson walks around and Why do the kids keep telling me Frank White? I don't get it. And if he <laughs> and if he was wondering about this. LSU doesn't do like TCU. They don't go recruit players. They reload. You know, what I think it is is it's the fact that LSU players smoke fake weed
0: TC players look down at them like like that are beneath them like you fake spice you think Gary Pat- you want real stuff you come to our campus and get Gary- some real drugs. <laughs> you think
5: Gary Patterson is wondering if the honey badger cares about this one yeah <laughs> Gary the, the only advice
0: I have to you is people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw rocks
5: yes very much so and right now yours is a yours is very tempered glass <laughs> yeah. time Be- I checked. people who live in glasses don't throw rocks and people whose
0: team is supplying drugs throughout Texas and Oklahoma. Shouldn't throw stones. I,
5: I don't get off how, as a man, you could even sit back and think that's okay. Like that—that's not okay in the in the worst way. Yeah. But stranger <laughs> things have happened, exactly. obviously. So I mean, I can't fault him for that. In other news, there was something else where you were talking to me about that we were talking about earlier as well that I wanted to bring up, but there was a lot of football game. Your Bungles come on today at 8 o'clock. Are you going to watch the game, sir?
0: First of all, not my Bungles, even though I did say earlier in the show that I am pronouncing that they will win their division this year and will win a playoff game for the first time, and I don't remember how many decades, I think before Nick Coffee was even born yes. last time. Nick
5: Coffee was born in 1988. A lot of good games. <laughs> <laughs> hey, went to the Super Bowl that year. Yes, they did. A lot of good
0: games tonight. I will, I will be watching a little bit of the Bengals-Falcons. It would be nicer if I could see Chris Redman come back and uh, play a little bit more, as most backup and third stringers do for the Falcons, but those days are gone. Uh, Ravens-Bucks, another good game. Browns and Rams, Titans and Redskins. I'm sure you won't see much RG3 tonight. How much preseason
5: football will you be watching this evening? I'm definitely going to be watching. You say the Bengals. I call them the Bungles. I'm going to watch the Those Bengals. Those days play. are past, man. I'm <laughs> just playing. I'm telling I like you. The, I, I don't like to say it because like they were bad. I just like to say it because I think it's awesome to say it. I know the Bengals are going to be good, I think they should win the AFC North, so I hope they do, especially as a local person. I think it gives excitement to the area for all the people that are Bengals fans. But I do want to talk to you about this. You remember those fat dudes that used to dance for the Mavericks? (laughs) (laughs) You remember those guys? Yeah, one of them lost a lot of weight and became T.J. Bisoner. (laughs) I'm (laughs) going to tell him you said that. I'm just kidding, Thomas. I'm joking. Trevor loves you. Irby Bowser, (laughs) 44-year-old dancer of those guys. He used to call E-Love of the Mavericks dance team. (laughs) E-Love. He um, is in custody after he shot and killed – for Toya Smith and her 17-year-old daughter, uh, Tashmiya Allen, and two others. Apparently, he was in the Army. He threw grenades in the house. Then Wait, where where in, does one
0: get a grenade now?
5: Walked in the house, shot both people, went to another household where his ex-wife stayed, threw a grenade, and then detonated into the home, began shooting other people. And then when the police got there, he killed two boys at the ages of 13 and 11. And then when the police got there, he acted like he was a victim, but he had no scratches. Now, it's hard to make jokes about somebody who just went on a bad killing
0: spell. Like, this yes. is awful. But I tell you right now, if this is what happens when you make a man wear a leotard and dance in a Mavericks game.
5: Yes, don't put on women's clothing. It's not for everybody. <laughs> we are out of here. Inside the press boxes next. My Nick, my man Nick Coffee is going to bring you everything red and black, 1450. Can I get a shout out to
0: Calvin Buzz. Bader in the house? Calvin! <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm a little bit a little bit of of a little bit a
2: little a little bit